This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi, and welcome. Two trashy divorces. Hey friends, I'm Alicia. My name's Stacy. Thanks for tuning in today. We have a little bit of a musical interlude with some young love bad breakups here today on Trashy Divorces. Mm-hmm. And some women that uh, people love to have opinions about. <laughs> that is true. Who do you have for us today, Alicia? Covering the trashy divorce of Adele and wowza, if everything is copy, that first new single Easy On Me is glorious. We talk about all of her heartbreak on all the albums and get through the divorce, which actually wasn't very trashy at all. Yeah. And I'm commending her for following her bliss. Proud of that girl. This mm-hmm. week, Stacy, you're bringing us. I've got the uh, 10 year long relationship between Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth, which uh, ended in a cataclysmic marriage. <laughs> yeah. Not a very long one at all. No. It's no. quite an adventure this week. We should probably take a gander at the magic mirror. Yeah, let's pull that magic mirror out and give some huge love and thanks to our new folks who joined us on Patreon this week. Ama SB, Chani K, Shoshana P, Danny B, Margaret F, Nicole M, Tyler M, Rachel B, Taylor J, S4 Rest. And we have a new super supporter as well, Jess, holy cats. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you to our new patrons, our existing patrons, and thanks to you for coming on back for another episode of Sunday's Trashy Divorces. We can make it hard or make it easy, but you know what we have to do. I think we have to go, go, go. Says, I understand it. You have for us this week a musical breakup documentarian. Is that correct? It isn't incorrect. <laughs> In a way of looking at things. Friends and Trash Pandas, if Gaslighter by the Chicks was the Trashy Divorces theme album of 2020, I think I have our strongest contender so far for 2021. Hmm. Adele is releasing her first new album in five years next month. I can't comment on the whole thing, but the first single has been released. Mm -hmm. It is called Easy On Me, and it is worth an episode. It is an incredible song. Okay. We talk a lot in Trashy Divorces about the very valid reasons people divorce. Adultery, abuse in all of its manifestations. People, typically in our podcast, do truly terrible things to each other in the name of love, I guess. Today, I'm going to switch it up a bit. What about a trashy divorce where nothing is exactly wrong, but you know it isn't right? Let's take a little musical journey with the queen of breakup songs, Adele, because wow, this is straight off of Wikipedia today. (laughs) I don't know how this is going to change by the end of the year or next year. From Wikipedia today, here is a partial list of her accolades. 15 Grammys, 9 Brit Awards. Adele was Billboard Artist of the Year in 2011, 2012, and 2016. At the 2012 and 2016 Avorno Bello Awards, 
Adele was named Songwriter of the Year by the British Academy of Songwriters, Composers, and Authors. In 2012, she is listed at number five on VH1's 100 Greatest Women in Music. Time Magazine will name her one of the most influential people in the world in 2012 and 2016. Her third tour breaks attendance records globally in the UK, Australia, as well as the United States. Her album 21 has been listed in Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time, and I do believe that is the best-selling album of the 21st century. Wow. She's a big deal. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. But let's start back at the beginning with a Taurus gal, born Adele Laurie Blue Adkins, May 5th, 1988, in Tottenham, London, England. Adele's parents are Mart and Penny, and Mart is going to bail on his wife Penny when Adele is about two, leaving Hmm. Penny a 20-year-old single mom, small kid to raise, and it's not easy for Penny. She will become a furniture maker and an adult teacher, but times are tough. There's times when they're in government housing. Like, there's some pretty lean times for mom and kid. But Adele is really talented, musically talented. She's fascinated from a very young child by voices. And at four, she loves the Spice Girls. Ah, mm-hmm. owe them. Owe them. By 13, she uh, gets the opportunity to see Pink live. Hmm. And Adela's like, oh my God, the Spice Girls are rubbish. <laughs> Then Adele hears Etta James, mm. and psh, yeah. it's done. Adele will go to a performing arts school. She'll graduate in 2006, and she is looking to have a career, believe it or not, as a talent scout. That is what she wants to do, is discover and promote new talent. Hmm. However, she makes this three-song demo that one of, their, one of her friends loads up onto... MySpace. Oh, remember MySpace? I do. I remember it well. And Adele is discovered. Hmm. First up, here's the first album. Her first album is called 19. It comes in 2008, even though she is not 19. She writes it from the time she's 18, 19. Let me tell you about 19, the cruelest of young heartbreaks that Adele has when she's 18. She really likes a guy. And that guy is bisexual. And Adele is not on the favorable end of that situation. Adele finally confesses her love to him. And he will go off with one of her gay friends just a few hours later. Eek. Not an auspicious start. Yeah, that's, that's tough. But hey, the heart wants what the heart wants. So here's 18, 19-year-old Adele. So in love with this guy. Giving it another try. He is referred to as Mr. 19. We don't know his name. Okay. He's Mr. 19. And they date for like three or four months, but Mr. 19 has never stopped cheating on Adele. Sounds like a whole lot of work. Adele will write on her website at the time, my debut album is about being between 18 and 19, about love. Daydreamer is about this boy I was in love with, like proper in love with. He was bi and I couldn't deal with that. All the things I wanted from my boyfriend, he was never going to give me. I get really jealous anyway, so I couldn't fight with girls and boys. Hmm. Okay, from the Mirror UK, this story has Adele (laughs) heading into a bar 
after about three, four months in and punching him in the face. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. That's how they split up. Okay. Now, to add insult to injury, Mr. 19 has come back after the breakup and demanded royalties from Adele. Because I inspired all of your best work that has sold millions of copies. How did that work out? She tells the son at the time, for about a week he was calling and was deadly serious about it. Finally, I said, well, you made my life hell, so I lived it and now I deserve it. She adds, he really thought he could have some input into the creative process by being a P- Asterisk, 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 asterisk. I'm not exactly sure what the first... I got a lot of ways to go with They're, a five-letter P word Yeah, here. yeah. This crossword puzzle is is actually fun. <laughs> <laughs> She'll come on. I'll, I'll give him credit. He made me an adult and put me on the road that I'm traveling. Fair enough. Dell's going to bow out of that fight, makes a debut album, crushes all those feelings. Next up, 2011 will bring the release of her album, 21 which is the biggest selling release in the U.S. and the U.K. that year. Hmm. Sales of 20 million inside by by mid-2012. This album is mostly responsible for bouncing back the record industry, which had been flagging in sales for a lot of years before this. Interesting. Adele, yeah. Well, nice work saving all those jobs. <laughs> all right. The person about whom this heartbreak of an album... It's not necessarily revealed, but definitely speculated about. Mr. 21 <laughs> is this guy. Adele writes this album in like a three-month time period at the beginning of 2010 after a breakup. So the best guess for Mr. 21 is Alex Sturrock, who was, oh goodness, this would be 2008, significantly older than the 20-year-old Adele but Adele will refer to him as the love of her life, at least at the time. Again, she's very vague about who this is, but they were very undercover linked together. Alex Sturrock is a photographer and he has a lot of candid snaps of her, hmm. her smoking in her bed, her sitting next to an I love you balloon, uh, a close up with heart stickers stuck to her face. Like, some very candid, casual pictures. That right, but also intimate seeming. Yes. Yeah. So a source will tell Heat magazine in 2012 that Adele and Alex do date from 2008 to 2009, adding, it was an intense period for them. They met through mutual friends and hit it off straight away. He shot her a few times and that was just it. They spent all of their time together. And when they weren't together, they would ring each other constantly. Adele relied on him a lot. He was her best mate as well as her boyfriend, and he was very protective of her. He'd say no one knew her like he did. Hmm. Adele will say about the relationship, we just fell out of love with one another. I had to deal with the devastation of feeling like a failure because I couldn't make things work. Hmm. And she was 20-ish, 21? Young, 21. That's rough. That's a lot to put on yourself. Well, apparently Alex could make it work. With mm. another person, because mm. he gets engaged like a month after he and Adele break up. <sighs> Super fast. Were the songs angry, at least? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Uh, Adele will tell the son, I expected too much. I was needy. I was jealous. Even though I'm not a jealous person, I was feeling pretty miserable and pretty lonely. I was on my knees, really. It's my favorite quote of the whole thing. 
Adele, again, never verifies who this is. This is just Mr. 21. And honestly, she doesn't understand the fascination with why everyone cares about who it is. And she says, who cares? Nobody's famous, just old boyfriends. I don't date celebrities. I ain't fucking Taylor Swift. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, goodness. I mean, did this spark a feud? (laughs) No. (laughs) It doesn't. She's like, I don't date celebrities. That's not, you know, Mm -hmm. not Taylor Swift. In 2011, Adele will speak of her regret over the romance breakdown. I don't think I'll ever forgive myself for not making my relationship with my ex on 21 work. Because he's the love of my life. Sad. Yeah. Not that sad, but I, sad. In the fullness of time. In the fullness of time, love changes. Mm-hmm. And love always does. Well, also the idea, though, that it was on her to make it work. Like, in the fullness of time, that was not the love of your life. And he was engaged a month later. Well, I think she gets that now upon her fourth album. Sure. But we have to work through the gotcha. evolutionary process. Gotcha. So let's talk about the third album. Yes. 25. This is released in 2015. <laughs> okay. She's a new mom. Did she use point. Roman numerals? No. Okay. Adele's a new mom at this point, and she's going through a lot of things in this one. This is different than the last albums, although it will sell 20 million copies worldwide and pick up five Grammys. Mm-hmm. Hello is the title track release thought to be about Mr. 21 even though it's on her album 25. But in this album, she also talks about her husband-to-be and the newborn son that she has just had at the age of 24. 25 isn't a breakup album, per se. Adele's in love, but themes are themes, friends. And by the time she's writing this, she is way pregnant and uncomfortable and annoyed and very, very sober. Like, she'll talk about... Being drunk that she doesn't remember doing 21, but this one, she's about to have a baby. She's Mm -hmm. stone sober and miserable in it. She's really frustrated. She feels like she's lost her ability to write. And it turns out previous TD alum, Madonna, Hmm. will get credit for Adele's breakthrough. Her album, Madonna's album, Ray of Light, is the one Madonna releases after she's given birth to Lourdes. And Adele says, you know what I found so amazing about that record? That's the record Madonna wrote after having her first child. And for me, it's her best. I was so all over the place after having a child. Just because my chemicals were hitting the fucking roof and shit like that. I was just drifting away. And I couldn't find that many examples for myself where I was like, fuck. They truly came back to themselves until someone was like, well, obviously, Ray of Light. Hmm. So... She gives Madonna credit for pushing her back into herself, saying, I've gotten my confidence to come and do me again. Interesting. Which she does. Because by 2011, love has found Adele. Hmm. On the heels of Mr. 21. Right. Adele is going to meet (laughs) Mr. Mr. 30. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Next Album. Mm -hmm. uh, Simon Konecki at a charity auction. Now, Simon, he's born in April 1974. 14-year age difference between he and Adele. I noticed there is a little bit of a trend with older men. Simon grows up in New York. He's an English bloke, but he grows up in New York, but moves back to England when he's 10. He goes to very posh schools and he knows very posh people. He'll become an investment banker until he becomes the charity CEO of an organization called Drop for Drop. Simon moves with some big players. He's been married once before by the time he and Adele get together. That marriage lasts 
about four years from 2004 to 2008. But he and Adele going strong from 2011. They will make their relationship public in 2012. They will welcome a son by the end of 2012. And it everything, everything's going great until they get married. Wait for it. Because it's a lot happening. I feel like maybe there's a theme here, but go ahead. But they're in love and they have a baby and everybody's very happy, but there is no wedding for a very long time, which is very fine. The couple remains together, raising their son. They will refer to each other in spouse-like terminology. And it stays this way for years until the two get married in May of 2018 on the eve of her 30th birthday. All of her friends are invited to a birthday party with a Titanic theme. Who thought that was a good idea? (laughs) But it turns out it's a secret wedding. So, huzzah! Okay. Now, there are sources. It is printed. I see it in all kinds of places. It say 2016 is the date of the actual wedding. But Adele will very firmly state herself, 2018. There is a wonderful piece in both American and British Vogue. The article is linked in show notes. And the whole piece is truly worth reading. But I'm going to pick out a few of the more choice quotes here with Adele explaining it all. This article that came out just two or three weeks ago is her first interview in five years. So we're going. Wow. Okay. She's intrinsically private. Okay. Except for all of the music that she makes. (laughs) (laughs) She's also intrinsically wonderful. Like I do recommend the whole piece. It is by Giles Hattersley, who apparently had a pretty good day hanging out with Adele. But about that, the wedding date controversy, Adele says, The timeline the press have of my relationship, my marriage, is actually completely wrong. We got married when I was 30, and then I left. She is asked, how long after you married did you end it? She will say, I'm not going to go into that detail. Remember, I am embarrassed. This is very embarrassing. The interviewer will say, it was such a rare moment of non-confession, I fight the urge to hug her. She'll say it wasn't very long. Mm. The article continues, though the world had thought her already married for the best part of two years, it wasn't until 2018 that she and Simon wed. I always called him my husband because we had a kid together. She likes to play games with the press, and she'll laugh. He'll, He'll write, cackling happily, they know nothing. They don't know my son's name, my son's birthday. I've got the upper hand on everything. I love it. So she continues, when I was 30, my entire life fell apart and I had no warning of it. She darkly invokes the phrase Saturn return, Mm. having seen the lives of a few of her friends also implode with the arrival of their fourth decade. She swore that won't ever be me. Yet within months of her birthday, She had bit off a grenade, quote unquote, and chucked it into the middle of her life. Wow. Mm -hmm. So they get married 2018. The separation is announced April of 2019, less than a year in. Hmm. And the first song that is coming on her next album, it's it's so good, Easy On Me, she says comes to her in the shower seven months into the marriage. So it was already kind of manifesting Mm -hmm. by then. She will say of the breakup, we kept it to ourselves for a very long time. We had to take our time because there was a child involved. It would always be like, 
Where's Adele? Oh, she's working. Or where's Simon? He's in England. Giles writes, they're still incredibly close. And Adele says, I trust him with my life. I'm fully aware of the irony of me being the heartbreak girl who found her person. Being at Radio City Music Hall, being like, she bursts into song, never mind, I'll find someone like you. And then, yeah, she sighs, amused and mortified in turn. I fucked up. It didn't work. But a lot of other things work, she reasons. And she said, I definitely chose the perfect person to have my child with. That, after making a lot of knee-jerk reactions, is one of my proudest things I've ever done. So according to People Magazine, there's not a prenup. And although details are tight about the official divorce settlement, which is filed in California, finalized March of this year, Apparently, the couple is sharing joint custody of their son, and neither party is paying spousal support. Yeah, I saw that they have chosen to live really close to each other, so co-parenting is... He has the house next door. He has the house across the way. Perfect. That was, we're going to talk about her being frazzled in just a second. But honestly, she says she makes the album for her son. My son had a lot of questions, she says. Really good questions, really innocent questions that... I just don't have an answer for. Why can't you still live together? (laughs) I just felt like I wanted to explain to him through this record when he's in his 20s or 30s who I am and why I voluntarily chose to dismantle his entire life in the pursuit of my own happiness. It made him really unhappy sometimes, and that's a real wound for me that I don't know if I'll ever be able to heal. So throughout this interview, Adele will play a few songs for Giles. And again, he's not giving any hints, but apparently there are some pretty scorched earth type of tunes. And I'm pulling this quote in about one of those songs that is still yet to be unknown. She'll say, that one is obviously about stuff that happened, but I wanted to put it on the album to show my son what I expect of him to treat his partner like, whether it be a woman or a man or whatever. After going through a divorce, my requirements are sky high. There's a very big pair of shoes to fill. Giles asks, was the ending more drift than implosion? And she says, yeah, it just wasn't, it just wasn't right for me anymore. I didn't want to end up like a lot of other people I knew. I wasn't miserable, miserable, but I would have been miserable had I not put myself first. But yeah, nothing bad happened or anything like that. May I posit Mm -hmm. that a wildly successful person, sorry, a wildly successful woman in her mid to late 20s is probably going to have more in common with an older male partner who is further along in their own career. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. But maybe... You know, maybe as you, I don't know, maybe you grow apart because there is a big age difference. I mean, nothing bad happened. Right. I honestly wish it, wish it was trashier, but she'll say my anxiety was terrible. I'd forget what I had or hadn't said to her son about separating. So her therapist at the time suggests she records voice notes of their conversations. So when she'd wake up scared in the morning wondering what she'd said... She had a a playback of that. One will actually appear on one of her album tracks Mm. on this album. She says, obviously, Simon and I never fought over him or anything like that. But her son was like, I just don't get it. 
She said, I don't really get it either. There are rules that are made up in society of what happens and doesn't happen in marriage and after marriage, but I'm a very complex person. I always let them know how I'm feeling from a very young age because I felt quite frazzled as an adult. So one of the things that frazzles her is really how do they still do the, how does she do the best thing for her kid, which again, Simon lives in a house across the street. Nothing changes for the kid. But if we're going to talk about Imago here, this is where she'll tag back and she says she sees the effect in her own childhood. My parents were definitely frazzled. She has a very acrimonious relationship with her dad who passes away earlier this year. Her father, not only characterized by being an absent parent for the majority of her life, he, once she grows up, would give paid interviews to newspapers about oh, her. About her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Yeah. the <laughs> She says, we actually got our piece, again, contrary to reports. I played him my album just a week before he passed over Zoom. One thing that definitely happened in my divorce was that it humanized my parents for me. Mm. Big time. I went to Helen back. And in that, I found the peace to forgive him. He was ready to go and he lasted a long time with it. So thank you. This, I think, is very telling because she does talk about the relationship with her parents or, you know, she said it's taken a fair chunk of her adulthood to process it. And she partly blames too much on walking on eggshells. And she'll say it's not bad decisions that fuck up our kids. It's indecisions. He asks about her lowest patch, right? Her, her lowest time. And she said, I was terrified. People were everywhere trying to get stories and I just hated it. I was embarrassed. I was really embarrassed. That thing of not being able to make something work. We've been trained as women to keep trying, even by the movies we watched when we were little. At the time, it broke my heart, but I find it so interesting now how we're told to suck it up. Well, fuck that. (laughs) I love her. Adele is now dating a guy named Rich Paul. He is a top sports agent for the NBA. I think you mean Mr. 33. (laughs) Mr. 33 represents a lot of big name players. Old Rich is worth an estimated $46 million. In his career, he has negotiated over $1 billion worth of deals for his athlete sportsing clients. Rich is number nine on the 10 most powerful sports agents list hmm. from Forbes. Dude's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Rich was raised in a one-bedroom apartment above his dad's candy store. And begins in business by going down to Atlanta. He lives in Cleveland. Going down to Atlanta buying vintage sports jerseys, then driving them back up to Cleveland and selling them out of the back of his trunk, which is how he will end up meeting LeBron James, sells him a jersey. Life is really weird. (laughs) Adele will confirm, yes, we're together. We are very happy. Simon, also pretty cool with it, it seems. She says, I did date before Rich, but they hated it. They'd find it stressful being out or even seen with me, which meant that I was guarded all of it beyond. It never evolved because we were never experiencing things together. Where he's, Rich, not frazzled by it at all. It feels like it's consistent and considerate enough that I don't care who knows. This is so cute. By this point, her green eyes practically dance with delight. He's great. He's so fucking funny. He's so smart, you know. Adele, you can do whatever 
just about you want in my book. There's absolutely zero shade from the trashy divorces camp. Yeah, I take back my Mr. 33 statement. I mean, I because, hope they work. If they don't yeah. work, you are at 33, know yourself so much better to figure out what works for you and what doesn't. I'm no, just saying. I, <laughs> all the best. All the best to you yeah, both. Yeah, no shade on getting out of a relationship that isn't working for you. Sometimes nothing needs to be wrong in a relationship. You just know it's not. Mm-hmm. It's a, t- it's, oh God, it's the worst kind of breakup. It's easy to break up when you're mean to me. It's easy to break up when there's something really, really wrong. But to find it in yourself that, ah, I mean, I, I've had this breakup. You've had, we've all had that breakup with mm-hmm. this just, this just in it. Everyone deserves to have a right relationship. I have a strong recommend on that one. Y'all do take a listen to the new song. It'll oh, it'll stop you. It's quite lovely. Bring a few Kleenex too, for sure. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the rest of the album. I'll probably make a full report on Patreon when I can listen to I'm, the whole thing. I'm certain you will, yeah. Trash cans, zero. Honestly, not a lot of trashy. I see a person who is looking for something that the current relationship did not provide, and it is never, ever trashy to follow your bliss. Especially when you're doing it in a kind and loving and respectful way with the best you can for all parties involved, which seems like mm-hmm. that's Adele. Right. And and that's her ex-husband, too. So, yeah, very commendable. Easy on me. Mm-hmm. That's great. And I know you were having feelings as you were writing it. And I oh, was I like, cried all night long. Yeah, it's such a good like, song. Are, are you going to cry when you tell the story? And you didn't. Congratulations. Didn't. Not one single tear. Well done. Thank you. We are going to take a break. I might go Kleenex a little bit during our break. That's okay. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsors. And you are coming back with another kind of... Less than a year-long marriage. Very long relationship. It's weird how that works out. Mm-hmm. We'll see you on the flip, y'all. Ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ladies and gentlemen, what are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav bros. Good job. Let's be honest. Whether you're back in the office or still in your sweatpants working from home, life's day-to-day responsibilities lack the fun we all want and deserve. If you're looking for a sign to use some of that hard-earned PTO and have some much-needed fun, look no further. Funjet Vacations is a one-stop shop for all your vacation needs. And as leaders in the industry, Funjet Vacations gives you a fast, easy, and fun way to build and book your next vacation with exclusive package deals to all-inclusive resorts in Mexico, Central America, and the Caribbean. For a limited time, our listeners can use promo code FUNJET75, FUNJET75, 
for $75 off your next FunJet vacation at Ryu Hotels and Resorts. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly resort or an adults-only getaway, there's a Ryu Hotel and Resort for you. To get started, just go to funjet.com or contact your travel advisor and you'll be out of office in no time. Offer is only valid at funjet.com when booked by October 15th for travel through December 2021. Restrictions apply. There's never a wrong time to take a look at the things that are keeping you from living your best life. And if now is your moment, we recommend BetterHelp. BetterHelp is confidential, convenient, and safe professional counseling with your own licensed therapist. BetterHelp's quick questionnaire matches you with a counselor in under 24 hours. You can message your counselor at any time, even between scheduled phone or video sessions. Not clicking with your counselor? No problem. It's free to change. BetterHelp is available worldwide and offers specialized expertise that may just not be available where you live. It's also more affordable than traditional counseling, and financial aid is available. It's just never been easier to find a licensed professional counselor who specializes in what you're working through. In fact, so many people are using BetterHelp that they are recruiting counselors in all 50 U.S. states. We want you to start living your happiest life today. As a Trashy Divorces listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com trashy. Join more than 1 million people who are taking charge of their mental health. Visit betterhelp.com trashy. While it is hard to follow National Cat Month, October is bringing it strong with National Women's Small Business Month. The Women's Business Ownership Act, signed into law in October of 1988, finally ended the requirement some states still had for a man to co-sign on a woman's business loan. The four pillars of the law were to address the need for technical training to maximize growth potential of women-owned business, inequality of access to commercial credit, virtual exclusion of women-owned business from government procurement activities, and the inadequacy of information and data relative to women-owned business. 30 years later, the annual business survey reports that there are more than 1.1 million small businesses owned by women. This number is growing every year. More than half of these businesses have one to four employees. That's right, ladies. Making the most of the gig economy, we are talking about you too. From your Trashy Divorces family and our friends at the Oak Tree Group, thank you for supporting women-owned businesses. To all the women also running a business, big shout out to you. For your free one-hour financial consultation, contact the Oak Tree Group at www.theoaktreegroup.net or call them at 770-319-1700. So Stacy, you have a wrecking ball of a divorce today? Well done. Well done there. That was good. Thanks. Alicia, I don't know if you realize this, but for a full decade of our recent cultural memory, there was a background pulsation in the on-again, off-again, on-again, off-again romance of pop icon Miley Cyrus and her longtime, sometime boyfriend, then fiancé, then oh-so-briefly her husband, Australian actor Liam Hemsworth. Yes, of those Hemsworths. Think of it as the beating heart of the 2010s. (laughs) It was a romance so big and so clearly doomed that after the pair married in December of 2018, Miley mused, quote, I think it's very confusing to people that I'm married, but my relationship is unique. And I don't know that I would ever publicly allow people in there because it's so complex and modern and new. 
that I don't think we're in a place where people would get it. Okay. 2018 was a rough year on marriages. Big year for musical marriages and (laughs) fails. Uh, Apparently, it was so complex, so unique, and so modern that even the couple themselves didn't really get it. And after just eight months of wedded something or another, Miley and Liam had removed themselves to separate corners of the earth and filed for divorce. It was August of 2019, and a prenup at least smoothed the process. Miley got their menagerie of animals. Let's talk about these two, and not just because they're fully grown adults who are doing things like marrying and divorcing, and I was in high school when both of them were born. First up, Liam was born (laughs) January 13th, 1990, in Melbourne. Uh, Capricorn man. Melbourne, Australia. The youngest of three brothers, and those brothers are, of course, Luke and Chris Hemsworth, also actors. Luke is nine years older than Liam, and by the time Liam was a teenager, Big Brother was already a successful working TV actor in Australia, and he would forge the path for his siblings to land on movie screens and streaming services here in America. Luke's most familiar role for U.S. audiences is likely from HBO's Westworld, where he plays Ashley Stubbs. He's frequently heavily armed. I've watched some of that show. Anyway, Chris Hemsworth better known as Thor, let's be honest, was actually competing with his little brother Liam for that role in the Marvel Universe. Liam was the studio's first choice, so Chris went hard at the gym for a few months, put on 20 pounds of muscle, and then challenged his brother to a hammer lifting contest, which of course he won. I made that last part up. Tell me sibling rivalry isn't a thing. Right. Definitely there was probably not a hammer lifting contest. However... (laughs) Chris's hard work convinced the Marvel haunches that he was very serious about the role, and that is how Liam Hemsworth did not join the Marvel Cinematic Universe in 2009. Wow. It's funny how things work out, though. The same week that Liam learned that his brother had snaked his precious path to worldwide cinematic glory, Disney announced that he had been cast in a film adaptation of the Nicholas Sparks novel The Last Song. Oh. Starring opposite him, Disney's own Hannah Montana, none other than Miley Cyrus herself. Universe has a funny way of working out, doesn't it? You have to wonder if Liam knew what the last song would give and take from him over the next decade, whether he would have passed on the role, or if he would have willingly sprung into the adventure and the heartbreak waiting for him. This seems like a good place to hop tracks at the Trashy Divorces Depot and talk a little about Miley Cyrus a wildly talented and endlessly controversial figure. Before we talk about Miley, though, can we talk about her dad? Country star and one-time mullet aficionado Billy Ray Cyrus, he of the achy breaky heart. about to say, his heart's so achy breaky. So achy breaky. Billy Ray grew up in the tiny suburb of Ashland, Kentucky, and knew early that he wanted to make country music. Oh, that's where the Judds are from. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It was not an easy road for him. At one point in his nascent career, he was so broke that he was reduced to sleeping in a neighbor's car. Oh, God. Didn't even have one of his own to sleep in. Wow. When he was 25 in 1986, he married for the first time. That only lasted until 1991. And in that moment of his life, he did a couple of fairly significant things. First, he released his debut album, Some Gave All, in 1992. This is a nine-time platinum behemoth of a record that is, in bullet point form, the longest time spent by a debut artist at number one, wow. se- 17 consecutive weeks, Whoa. the top-ranking debut album by a male country artist 
ever, spent 43 weeks in the top 10, something only Garth Brooks's Rope in the Wind has exceeded. Holy cats. Was the first debut album to start at number one on the country charts, became the best-selling debut album of all time for a solo male artist, and was the best-selling record in America in 1992, moving more than 4.8 million copies. So this guy literally went from... Sleeping in a neighbor's car. Yeah, he said it's like strapping a rocket onto Worldwide you. success, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think it is fair to suspect that he and his ex-wife both had a lot of mixed feelings in light of all of this immediate success right after the divorce. But fortunately, she has a couple of co-writing credits on the album, and I assume she has been well compensated for her time being married to an unknown itinerant musician. <laughs> <laughs> The second thing Billy Ray did in the 1991-1992 era was to decide that it was time to get himself back out there on the dating scene. Oh, sure. Single now. Wild and crazy. (laughs) Let's do this. And perhaps he did it a bit too enthusiastically. There was certainly an awkward moment that year when his girlfriend told him she was pregnant and then his other girlfriend (gasps) told him that she was pregnant. The second of these children was Destiny Hope, who would later change her name to... Miley Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray married Miley's mom, Tish. They're still married. They've been married 28 years or something. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's a good long run of it. Yep. And apparently stepped up in perfectly good fashion to support his now ex-girlfriend and uh, their baby son, and presumably continues to send royalty checks to his ex-wife. So aside from all of the incredible professional success and the sudden blast of fame that came his way, 1992 was just a really busy year for Billy Ray Cyrus. Sounds like. So Little Destiny was born November 23rd, 1992, Sagittarius. She was a happy baby, and because she was always smiling, she got the nickname Smiley. It's weird how these creative people are not. (laughs) (laughs) That got shortened, Miley. And all I have to say is she's very lucky that she did not grow up in our household because she would have had 50 nicknames and been very confused and also a cat. (laughs) Anyway, the family lived on a big spread near Nashville that Billy Ray bought with his achy breaky money. They had two more kids. And when Miley was eight, they all moved to Toronto where her dad was filming a show called Doc. It was here that Miley had her acting debut. And she even had a small role in Tim Burton's 2003 film, Big Fish. Which brings us to 11-year-old Miley Cyrus auditions for a new Disney Channel series that was in the works about a middle schooler with a nighttime alter ego as a famous pop star. I mean, because of course that happens. It's the dream. After Hannah Montana's debut in March 06, when Miley was 13, she was suddenly the lead actor in the biggest Disney Channel debut ever. Hannah Montana just ended up being a high-rated cable TV show. It wasn't like a niche kids programming thing like it was its own phenomenon so the family relocated to los angeles for her career she's 13 i just anyway bye-bye childhood so overnight miley was a teen idol a successful musician and after starring alongside john travolta in the 2008 animated film bolt she even had her first golden globe nomination unbelievable Mm -hmm. you're just a baby yeah 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 Yeah, I have mixed feelings about all of that. Like so many performers who come through the Disney machine, as she got a little older, she wanted to expand the range of her work and adopt a more three-dimensional, mature persona, which is how she made her way to the film The Last Song. 
and perhaps the most significant piece of the next decade of her life. She was 16. Wow. So June 2009, these two meet, and apparently the sparks on set were intense. Critics hated the last song, but it was a big box office success. And the following March, who was showing up at Oscars parties as a couple but those irrepressibly cute kids, Liam and Miley. Babies. Babies. Teenagers. Teenager babies. 18 and 16. Wow. In 2010, Miley released a new album, Can't Be Tamed. Oh, God. It was a dancier, spicier mix of songs than her earlier work, and 17-year-old Miley told reporters that the album was about moving forward from past relationships, about letting go of the past so you can embrace the new. And I just want to say I have real sympathy for people who got famous young and created art young and then had to talk about their art young, because we've all been 17, and blessedly, most of us were not having our very deep thoughts quoted in the international press, especially during the internet era. Thank God. You are not kidding. Oh, and also by August of 2010, Miley and Liam had broken up. So get ready for some whiplash, though, because by September, they had mended whatever fences had metaphored their relationship. They're young. These things. Ah, damn it. By November, they again. Oh, my God. It's over. It's a roller coaster. It's the fairy tale. Okay. What a year that was for, what are we calling these kids? Hemrus? I don't even know. But now she's 18 and you know so much more at 18 than you do at 17. I mean, at at the birthday party, you get wisdom. Anyway, in 2011, things did get back on track for them. And they had a good couple years where they'd stroll across red carpets like the beautiful mutants they are, only being made stronger by the glow of the camera's flashes. It was the year that Hannah Montana wrapped up as well, which liberated Miley to dive more deeply into her authentic self for all the good and ill that's entailed. She did have a running start toward it as well because that 18th birthday party video leaked from it. She was like doing just like ripping bongs and I don't even know. Um, Have you ever met an 18 year old not making with gobs of money? The wisest decisions. Yeah, her her father expressed some sorrow about how things were going with Miley at that moment. Didn't all of our parents express a little sorrow? (laughs) Liam, meanwhile, finally got his chance to be in a high-powered action franchise when he was cast as Gail Hawthorne in The Hunger Games in 2011. Oh, okay. It shot in North Carolina from May to September while Miley was out. On the, on the global road for Can't Be Tamed, Liam was able to take a short break to fly to Melbourne for her show there. His hometown, her show. That's very sweet. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Let me show you around. Here's my ice cream parlor. I don't know. Have you met my brother Thor? <laughs> <laughs> and my other brother. <laughs> In 2012, <clears throat> there must be some sibling dynamics there. In 2012, Miley was spotted with a big ring on you know, the finger, and strenuously denied rumors that they were engaged. It's a topaz, people, she told the Twitterverse. But in the switchback zigzags of their love in June of that year, Liam presented Miley with a 3.5 carat Neil Lane diamond ring. Oh, wow. And the engagement was on. Round one. For the next year and change, life forged on for our young lovers. Liam was in a few more movies. Miley used YouTube to stay connected to her fans between albums and appeared in a couple of episodes of Two and a Half Men. Sure, sure. Like you do. 
In June 2013, she released the single We Can't Stop, the video of which set the record for most views in 24 hours on Vivo. And I do not even know if Vivo still exists. This is also the year that... We should ask MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) This is also the year that Miley Cyrus broke the MTV Video Music Awards by twerking against Robin Thicke during a duet of Blurred Lines and simulating a variety of sex acts throughout her performances that night. The Cosmopolitan article describing the event was subheaded, at least now you never have to try shrooms just to see what it's like. It was a simpler time. Uh, Robin Thicke's divorce is coming up this season for us in Trashy Divorces. Excellent. In hindsight, it's possible that Miley Cyrus was just working through some stuff. Because lo and behold, and you're probably never going to believe this, but within about two weeks, Miley and Liam were once again over and the engagement was off. What a surprise. The day after they announced their split, Liam was seen kissing another woman. (gasps) For shame, you Aussie breaker of American hearts. And if I have my dates right, all of this coincided with the release of Wrecking Ball which is a perfectly good song as a single. It came out in August and then had that amazingly terrible video, which was released in September. So working through some stuff. For those of you keeping score at home, and I hope I'm even counting this right, I'm not sure. This is the third breakup in their roughly four-year-long relationship, but it seems that they were able to rekindle a friendship over time. Okay. Miley had a short relationship with one of the younger Schwarzeneggers, uh, resulting in the unfortunate tabloid nickname of Piley. That's oh, God. Uh, Miley and Patrick. Yeah, that's bad. If that had worked out, though, she would now be in-laws with Chris Pratt, who is part of the Marvel. Like, she can't escape Marvel. It's, it's too much. Anyway, they broke up after Patrick was photographed canoodling. Oh, no. Another girl. Miley was later photographed holding hands with model Stella Maxwell and came out in the press as pansexual. Oh, good on her. I forgot about that. I'm big into cast iron, but I am not pansexual. We really should have a talk about your cast iron collection. This cooling period in the geologic era of the culture actually lasted a couple years, but it turned out that these two just weren't quite ready to call it all the way quits. In late 2015, Liam posted pictures of his new dog, Dora the Explorer, on Instagram and thanked Miley for her help in finding her. Soon after that, Miley was photographed in Australia, hanging out with Liam and his family, some friends. By mid-2016, Liam confirmed in an interview that after taking some time to grow a little, they had gotten back together. Oh, God. To mark the occasion, Miley got a tattoo of a jar of Vegemite. Pardon me? She's a tattoo... That is a, it's a jar of Vegemite. In honor of Australia? It's, okay. It's their national dish. I mean, I, I get that. We, we have a jar. One of our favorite Australian listeners Indeed. has sent us some Vegemite. Another one has sent us some uh, Milo. Milo Milo, yeah. It's good stuff. Sure. Australia, you make... I, nobody's topping Tim Tams, though. True. Australia yeah. for the win, really. Why did she not get a tattoo of... Tim Tams. That's what that's what I would have. Who doesn't done. love a Tim Tam? I would have Tim Tammed tattooed all day over Vegemite, but who am I? Tim Tam, if you're looking to break into podcast advertising. She got a jar of Vegemite. Okay. Tattooed on her. Okay. In the fall of 2016, Miley told Ellen DeGeneres that the engagement was back on. 
because that's not piling pressure onto anything. And then more music followed from her. The song Malibu was about the home that she and Liam shared there in California, which would become important soon enough. Okay. Liam took a break from film for a few years. He probably wanted to catch his breath. Like The Hunger Games was ended up being four films. and yeah, That's a big franchise. It's a big, yeah. Yeah, big success. Why not enjoy life while you're young? Uh, his brother, Chris, his life also had blown up in a major way playing Thor. And he'd moved his family back to Australia in 2015 just to create some space from Hollywood. So this whole family, they appear fairly committed. And again, they're all in the same, like all the kids are in the same industry. So it's occasionally competitive. So <laughs> I would have never noticed. Yeah, but it, it does seem like they, like they have a family ethic of maintaining some parts of their lives that are fully separate. They're, they're just fun. They're low key. They go surf together. They, right, like that's good. It's just yeah, it's and it's not about work. So gotta like have a, the balance. Seems like a healthy balance. So November 2018, Miley was in South Africa filming an episode of Black Mirror for Netflix when the Woolsey fire swept through parts of Los Angeles and Ventura counties, burning almost 97,000 acres and destroying more than 1,600 structures, including hundreds of houses in Malibu. Oh no! One of them was the home shared by Liam and Miley as well as their gaggle of pets. Liam posted a photo. Everyone got out safely, by oh, the way. Oh, that's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, not throughout the whole fire, but like all the all the people in our story and their pets got out safely. Uh, Liam posted a photo of just the utter devastation that was left behind. And Miley from South Africa posted that their animals and the love of her life had made it out safely. But I think both of them were pretty devastated by this experience. Hunter, I mean, um, it's ter- the, it's the entire terrible. community it's terrible. was. Yeah, apparently Miley Cyrus had been collecting like Polaroids taken from the audience of Elvis concerts, and all of those were destroyed. Wow, mm-hmm. just like one of a kind. Thing. It's it sucks. So you know their reaction was to pull closer instead of pulling apart. And on December twenty third, twenty eighteen. 26-year-old Miley and 28-year-old Liam walked down the aisle at Miley's home in Franklin, Tennessee. So after 10 years of on and off, on and off, on and off dating. It was the pulse of the decade, Alicia. Okay, got it. Got it. (laughs) They would later say it was kind of a spur-of-the-moment decision, which is absolutely how you should go into your marriage. 100%. Liam would later tell GQ Australia that the fires intensified everything for them. Quote, we really fell in love quickly and had a really strong connection from the beginning. And I think in the back of my head, I knew it was on the cards, but we weren't planning to have a wedding anytime soon. Then just going through something this emotional with someone, it brings you closer. And we felt like we'd lost a big part of our lives. So we wanted to make a new part of our lives. It was something really good coming out of a horrible situation. It was going to happen eventually, but I think it just sped it up a little bit. And it was pretty clear from go that this wasn't the best thought out decision, really. However, nicely that GQ interview went. So there was the July 2019 L interview where Miley talked about how unique and modern and hard to explain their relationship is. And she also added this quote, do people really think that I'm at home in a fucking apron cooking dinner? I'm in a hetero relationship, but I'm still very sexually attracted to women. I made a partner decision. This is the person I feel has my back the most. I definitely don't fit into a stereotypical wife role. I don't even like that word. So she clearly seemed ready to make the transition into some sort of domesticity 
with another human? Not really. Great things are definitely on the horizon and no one could foresee that this would go badly, right? No, I'm super shocked. Right. So August 10, 2019, Miley is photographed without her wedding ring. And her publicist tells People Magazine that she and Liam have split after a whopping eight months of marriage. The next day, August 11, Miley is photographed in Lake Como, Italy, making out with (gasps) model-slash-reality TV star Caitlin Carter. Oh, my. Who had just broken up with some Kardashian-adjacent person. And really, why is this the world we live in? (laughs) It seems like Miley's people kind of made like a half-hearted attempt to blame the breakup on Liam and his excessive partying. But the people who knew them both, uh, it was like a lot of raised eyebrows about that. Like it didn't seem particularly. Meanwhile, Liam stayed pretty quiet about the whole thing and let his August 21st divorce filing be his main reaction. He posted on Instagram that he wishes her health and happiness and said that he would not be making any statements to the press. So anything put into the press as his comments or fabrications, which I thought was a very smart That's way. very smart. Mm-hmm. Headed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The divorce was finalized on January 28th of 2020, closing the book on a decade of unexpected reversals in this roller coaster relationship that was the pulsing cosmic radiation of our culture for the decade that was. To the best of my knowledge, Liam has spent most of the interim in Australia, close to his family, Miley released a new record at the end of November 2020 that has done very well. Like everyone else who normally tours, she's been kind of feeling her way back to live performance. Now that vaccines are a thing. Liam has been involved with a model for a while now, and Miley had a couple of post-breakup relationships spanning a couple of genders and saying a lot of fascinating things about genders. I think she's taking some time for Miley now. Good. Hey, maybe she's, well, how old is she? 28? Maybe yeah. she's about to hit Saturn return. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I, I bet she, she and Adele should just like hang out. I don't know how well the two of them would really get along. They may get along famously. Who am I? Yeah, I don't know. But they they do both have this short marriage thing in common. So something to talk about. Long relationships, short marriages. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Okay. I didn't come up with trash cans. I feel like I could generously award them to Miley Cyrus, but with the theme of the show this week- Easy on me. Being easy on me, I opted not to. Um, Plus, I've been told that I'm a little mean about Miley Cyrus sometimes, so uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. I don't know if she's a kid. She's been in the spotlight for so that's a, long. That's the thing. So much of her childhood and adolescence was kind of taken away from her. It makes sense that she's figuring some stuff out. I don't know. It shades you. Like, it would impact you. I would I, think a little I, bit differently. I would think it would have to, yeah. Anyway, that that's Miley and Liam. Oft requested. Well done. Thank you. Long relationship, short marriage. It's the background radiation of the universe. On again, off again, on again. You know my rule. If we break up, we're not getting back together. Yes. You get one chance to break up with me, but after we break up, we're done. It's It's a good rule. I think it's a little, you know, when they're... 17, 19, you know. I guess that's where I learned that rule when I was about 17 Mm -hmm. and it made an impact. Sure. So, well, that's going to wrap us up. 
for an easy on me. Mm-hmm. We could trashy divorces. Mm-hmm. We will be back on Wednesday. You're bringing us a pretty juicy, trashy breakup. I am. On Wednesday. We'll be back for that. You can always catch us on Patreon in the meantime. We got dumpster dives and trashy Victorians. We got more episodes of Laurel Canyon mm-hmm. coming this week. Yep. Always something fun happening over there. Trash pandas, go have a marvelous week. Be easy on you this week. Absolutely. And until we meet again. Keep your hands clean. Oh, keep those hearts trashy. Big love, y'all. Have the most amazing week ever. Bye. Bye. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram. And definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at TrashyDivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at TrashyDivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at Patreon.com slash TrashyDivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy y'all.